Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Well, welcome this week to Running Light's Better Pleasure podcast. My name is Bo. And I'm Peter. And we're glad you guys can join us this week as we uh, kind of finish up probably our talk uh, about pastors and pornography or sexual immorality. And it's a big topic because obviously um, this is something where a lot of times the church is trying to figure out what to say about it. And you kind of go through a lot of extremes. There's always the polarities, right? And... Uh, um, things like that. I was even reading on uh, uh, psychology today, I think it was online, an article called Porn vs. Religion. And it's kind of interesting, but it says, um, but stronger religious beliefs increase the risk of a person identifying themselves as addicted to pornography or struggling with porn use. Religion has long history of serving to restrict sexual behaviors. More religious people are likely to restrict their sexual fantasies, have fewer sex partners, express str- stronger disapproval of alternative, non-traditional sexual behaviors, and use less pornography in general. But stronger religious values also increase the prevalence of greater levels of guilt about sexual behaviors and higher levels of dis- sexual dysfunction in general. More religious therapists are more likely to diagnose porn addiction compared to other clinicians. Um, Nowhere is the conflict between religion and sex more evident today than in the raging battle over pornography. So it's kind of an interesting thing. I always thought of it this way. Before I even read the Bible and knew about Jesus or anything like this, you know, I never had a problem with porn. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, it's funny. It was so funny because, I mean, living in San Fernando Valley area and, and, uh, Ventura County, um, you're, I mean, that is just, that's a big industry out there. I mean, you, you just never think of pornography. I never did anyway in, in a kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, pornography. It just was like, yeah, pornography. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what they do. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and and if you self-gratified or you watched some of it, it wasn't like any big thing. It was actually fairly common and I think quite normal. It wasn't odd. It wasn't weird. Um, but certainly when you, when you, you know, when I came to the Lord, then all of a sudden there's this like gigantic like, man, dude, like maybe, you know, God, I read Genesis and I was like, whoa, man. You know, God actually designed the sex thing, which is awesome, you know? So sex obviously is from him. Sex drives from him. Everything's cool about that. But God obviously has these restrictions, and he's created it with a man and a woman and hmm. and kind of in this confine, you know, and uh, which seemed really narrow, you hmm. know, to me. So, but um, today as a minister, you know, and being a minister for years, you know, <clears throat> It, it, it only show it only I mean pastors should know even to, I mean today more than ever that many people are going into their congregations with uh, probably viewing pornography more and more on higher levels than they ever have because of the access to it um, and that means that what this article is bearing out is that the guilt of a lot of people are really high too hmm. you know and I think that says something of how pastors need to look at things, hmm. you know, like how we have to kind of understand who we're talking to. 
Yeah. Um, you know, if I, if I know people are coming in and, you know, it's kind of like weird. It's like, it, it would be, you know, it's kind of weird when you hear someone talk about pornography being bad. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird today. I don't yeah. know if it is to you, but it's kind of odd to me because I already in my heart know that things aren't <laughs> that, it's not that great. Yeah. You know what I mean? I already know like people videoing themselves and putting it up on something and you know, all that. It's probably not what God intended. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it, it seems kind of weird to hear that. Yeah. You know, um, I can't imagine too many people going to an evangelical church thinking, oh, these guys are pro porn. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it reminded me of uh, a passage that we talk about a lot. First Corinthians 14 uh, verse three, he says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And, uh, th- that's what we call, you know, primarily the gift of prophecy, the ability to speak to people, those three things, uh, which is from God, the upbuilding, the edification, the encouragement, which is exhortation and the consolation, which is comfort to our souls. And, uh, the problem that we have, uh, I believe in the church is, is, um, disjointed, preaching, meaning that, you know, when I would go to church, there would be a whole lot of edification, you know, of just like explaining why is porn bad and why is it evil and why should I not do it and what's it going to do to me? And there was, there was so much edification. There was so much knowledge being thrown at me, but unfortunately there was no practical exhortation. There was no Therefore, you know, this is what you do practically if you're struggling with porn and this is the stuff you can do and this is what I do when I'm struggling with my sin. There's, there's no practicality to it and there's also no comfort. There is no at the end of it being like, oh, and by the way, you know, Jesus died for us and even if you're in this sin, it doesn't affect your relationship with God. Like you could still have a wonderful dynamic relationship with God and he still loves you and he still cares for you and your salvation is not in jeopardy, you know, and going into that, there was... Really, I didn't hear any of that. I just heard a whole lot of edification. Right, that's and, true. And it will just like, it will torque anyone who's listening to it. And it's almost like the idea of, you know, like secularism states that the way that we deal with people's problems is we just validate. And we validate, 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 you know, love, 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 love. And eventually you'll love that sin out of that person. Hmm. But then the church's view is just like scare. You know, scare, 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 and you'll scare them straight, and that's yeah. that's gonna work. But if, if someone, <laughs> if, if, if you know, the article is pretty cool because it it, it kind of talks about how you know religious religion people have this real hard time. I mean, meaning we we already have this guilt, so we go, oh my gosh, I got I'm in this church. Yeah. They're obviously <laughs> just just ripping into it, yeah. you know, just ripping into porn's bad, which really they're not defining what porn is. Yeah, I mean, in today's world. Uh, when you talk about porn, I mean, that man, there's a lot to talk about, yeah. you know, but when, you know, that's not usually what you're getting is this really balanced kind of dialogue. You're getting just a, like you say, that scare kind of like, hey, it's bad, yeah. you know, and, and already someone's in there and, he, and in his heart, man, it's like the conscience is already, he's in church, man. His conscience is already heavy, yeah. you know, and so he needs that balanced approach. He needs not only that edification that exhortation he needs and he also needs the comfort he needs a balanced approach of those things yeah so i think that's a a good point you know that you're making it's 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 vital in today's day to have that balanced approach of these things to help the people in the church you know more and more people uh that are in the church of the younger generation don't 
think porn is really as big as a problem as um, things like the environment, mm. you know, global warming. These issues become kind of a dominant uh, theme in the younger generation. Mm. And so even though their consciences are guilty, um, the last thing they're probably going to respond to is just someone really ripping into pornography. Because, you know, more than ever nowadays, people go, you know, I've, uh, you know, I watched porn for eight years already yeah. since I was 11 years old. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's not like I, something fell off or, you know, something's weird going on. You know, they, they, they kind of go, oh, you know, like. So when you use a scare tactic and you're like, yeah. no, man, you know, it's like, you don't understand. You're never going to be able to date or you're not going to be able to be married. <laughs> your brain synapses are fried. <laughs> I know. And that's the scare tactic, right? It's like, it's like I've heard, you know, popular teachers teach on the, the change of that brain. And when they say things like that, like, you know, one second of pornography changes your mind forever. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, okay, yeah, it does. But one second of a lot of stuff changes our mind forever. Forever, yeah you know so um you know i think the point's well taken and as a minister you know it's like gosh ministering to this this world that we live in today um you know uh, we're not saying change what you're do yeah you know we're, what we're saying is just let's just do what the bible says to do yeah right yeah let's just teach you know if we're gonna exercise this gift yeah in corinthians 14 yeah. 3 you know, you're just saying, let's teach the whole thing. Yeah. And, and beyond that, I mean, you know, going back to mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis's uh, great book. I mean, what, what real favors am I doing my congregation if I'm just appealing to their fear? You know, I mean, yeah. honestly, all, the only thing that's being appealed to in that set, sentence is pride mm. of just like, I don't want to have a bad marriage. I don't want my brain to be fried. I don't want these things. So that's, that's all appeal to self first off. And, and secondly, you know, like if it is fear, then it's never going to lead them to, to faith in Christ because fear and faith are at odds with one another. So I've at one point alienated someone from God with my fear. And then at another point, I've encouraged them to uh, pursue pride to beat their sin down. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I really have kind of messed them up when, when you do something like that. Mm, absolutely. I love uh, uh, Pascal has a quote. He says, Christian Christianity is strange. And he says, it orders man to recognize that he is vile, even abominable, yet orders him to seek to be like God, <laughs> you know? So we know people are coming into our church and we know most people that are coming to church already know in their heart, you know, that man, this stuff's just is uh, this, this lust culture. And that's really what it is, is a, it's a lust culture, um, which we know from the word, it says love does not seek its own mm. it's not it's not something that is selfish at the expense of other people and so we know people need to understand their definitions of love and with with just teaching that fear of of how bad porno, uh, pornography is or something like that but without under without really teaching love mm. um then you do end up like c.s lewis talks about you yeah. know just that relationship with god that's you know, and a fear relationship, which isn't going to really help out things. Uh, a, a, non, a not good fear, not yeah. like the fear of God, you know, is the beginning of all wisdom. We're not talking about that kind of fear here. We're talking about 
a fear of getting beat or a fear of, you know, uh, you know, judgment to the point of you don't even really want to be with God, but you, you just are trying to toe a line, Yeah, you know, which is sad. Yeah. And I, I think about Ephesians five verse 18, cause Paul tackles this in such a brilliant way. And just one verse, he tackles the idea of alcohol in such a brilliant way that I think we need to take cues from it as ministers. And this way he says, and do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery. Other translations will say dissipation. Um, but the the word in the Greek, it literally just means excess or emptiness. And he says, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, he, he could have said so many things. He said, could have said, don't be drunk with wine because it's going to rot your liver. Don't be drunk with wine because it's going to ruin your marriage. Don't be drunk with wine. You know, you could go down the list of all the different scare tactics I could use as a minister. Mm-hmm. But Paul is just so simple. Don't be drunk with wine because it's empty. <laughs> What's it going to do for you? You know, is it, it, yeah, it may feel good, but it's excess. It's just, it's, it's vapid at the end of the day. It's, it's vanity, as Solomon would say. He says, but instead, instead be filled with the Spirit. So he's appealing to people who are drinking alcohol and he says, why, why do that when you can instead be filled with a greater joy in the Spirit of God? You know, and, and so right there you see the edification, right? Dr- getting drunk is excess. It's dissipation. It's emptiness. Then you see the exhortation, go to God and the comfort, be filled with God, and then be free from your sin, right? So there's just in that one verse, he, he kind of describes it, but like, like we've been talking about, that's not tending to be how people do things in the church, and that's, that's not really helping us out. Mm. Yeah, so we want to minister uh, the best we can, you know, for sure. And obviously, there are times where we're, if we go through the Bible— uh, especially if we go through book by book and verse by verse, we're always going to get to sections like Ezekiel 23, mm. where you're going to be able to really share some heavy duty stuff, mm. you know, and uh, that's one of those passages that does deal with lust in just a very intense way, mm. you know, um, and, uh, and, you know, you'll, you'll, ha- you can hammer away on stuff, you know, and see how even our culture deals with lust and stuff like that. But people that are coming into our churches more and more, especially younger people, are coming in with, uh, sexual identity issues, you mm-hmm. know, what we would call issues, which the world, w- people of secular belief, uh, ideas and ideologies would say, oh, that's not a problem. Yeah. You know, we would call them issues, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether, um, you know, whatever that be, yeah. you know, but they come in and they're wondering about, you know, those things. They're wondering about sexual identity issues, mm. um, these type of things. So I think more and more we have to, as a church, just let the Bible speak. Yeah. Just kind of let it go. Just yeah. let it speak. And I know it's that sounds weird because, you know, we have a ministry that's that's about this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's like we've always tried to identify um this ministry with just kind of going hey let's just go to the word let's just go to the bible and just let it speak let it convict let it say what it's saying um and and our belief is that it's a better way mm. it is the better way yeah um and uh you know i don't need to really get up and and say I feel awkward sometimes having to get up and like ever do a presentation where I say, you know, there's this much pornography and the, and it's funny, but I find when I, even I'm in the public schools, I almost skip those sections nowadays. <laughs> you know, three years ago, it seemed like I hit it much more. Yeah. 
But even now, it's like everybody knows, like, you know, there's a bunch of money in porn and porns everywhere. And uh, and even kids aren't too shocked by those things when we're even in junior high school. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it it just seems kind of weird when a when a minister kind of takes time to lobby, you know, that that to the audience, you mm-hmm. know, with, especially and not really give a full understanding of of biblical love and that that um, exhortation and comfort that you're talking about with it Mm. you know everybody if we were to line up everybody in in the church and just line them up and just say okay you know you know let's get just downright honest man we're gonna just really get honest here first of all that's a scary that's scary Mm. um not only for for the congregants, but that would be scary for the ministers as well. Um, and and that's difficult because the church today, one of its struggles is being transparent um, in a culture that values is starting to value more and more. It seems like transparency, meaning meaning even in political world, you know what you know we vote for Trump. You know why? Because at least we know what we're getting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we might not like everything, but we just we know what we're getting. Yeah. You know, that's why we don't vote the other side. Cuz we have no clue, man. We we know that's probably going to go, you know, it's just a bad route. You know, we'd rather just up front, yeah. you know. So much so that I was even reading today an article on politics, on Arizona politics that there's someone who's running for I don't know, some some something uh here in the state and um he just came out and said, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm a guy who likes to have sex, and and I've had sex with many people, and and sometimes I videoed it, and and I've had group sex, and you know, this is kind of, I mean, that thing, and you know, and people are just like, so you could tell, see some of the commentators, <laughs> I know, some of the commentators are just like, that's a different approach, you know, to to, to just present it, man, that's just right. get it out, that's right, but you could yeah. see where." Where, you know, that focus in the culture of like, uh, is so much on transparency that, that, uh, of being a good thing that this guy even, it would even lead him to go, Hey, I can lead in this way. Hmm. And I know I'm going to win some people over just by me just being upfront. Yeah. You know, cause people don't want to, you know, they, they despise that hypocrite. Yeah. You know, the one who says no, 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 no. Yeah. And, and yet does. And, and the church always says, no, 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 yeah. you know, but if you lined everybody up yeah. and we really got down to the brass tacks of being honest, hmm. right. And let not any, you know, lying come out of your mouth, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we just went like, Hey, what do you struggle with? Hmm. You know, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of stuff, man. That's just going to, I mean, and everybody. It's going to be, wow, you know, that, that's pretty, oh, wow, you know, and I, I think we'd find that everybody's really the same, mm. that we're all struggling with the same stuff, different levels, but we all sh- struggle with the same things. Yeah. You know, what do you think? What, how, how do you define struggle? Like when you hear that term struggle, cause I think, I think people get uneasy around that term, Yeah, you know, when there's like, Hey, uh, I'm a minister and I struggle with pornography. Yeah. 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 You, you make a good point there, Bo. And I think that the way that the church has defined it in two, they've defined it in two different ways. Uh, one is a watered down way 
where it's like when the pastor says, man, you know, I, I struggle with anger when I'm driving my car. What he what he means by that is that he's trying to walk in all purity mm-hmm. and ideas that he doesn't want come to his head. He's tempted. That's what he means by struggle. Um, the, the other way we've defined it is when we say struggle, what we've said is that um, struggling means giving into something, like wanting to do it. And uh, when we say struggle, we mean, uh, we're talking 2 Corinthians 10. Though we walk according to the flesh, we, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For we fight against principalities and powers, and the weapons we have are mighty in God to cast down strongholds and bring every thought into captivity before the obedience of God. And uh, so what we, what we mean by that when we say struggle is we mean that we have this dualistic nature within us. Everyone does. Galatians 5.17, the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you want to do. We have a dualistic nature in us, meaning we have the new nature that is created in Christ, Ephesians 4, but we also have the old flesh within us that still lusts after the things of the world. And every single person has this. We shouldn't be naive to think that none of us do. And that flesh lusts against everything evil. So within my flesh... In my flesh, personally, I am capable of every particular type of evil. I am. But within the spiritual realm, in the new man that God has created, I am capable of every righteous deed that there is. And I have this dual nature within me, waging war at all times. So when I say struggle, I mean, I don't mean either one of the ways that the the church really uh, defines it. I don't mean that there are thoughts that come in from the devil you know, from outside and they tempt me. It's the, the fights in me. Like I do, there's a part of me that does want those things, right? I would be lying to say that, you know, at this point in my life, I don't want to view porn at all. There's no desire whatsoever in me. There is a desire in me. That's not true. Now what's desiring it though, what I understand as a Christian is I don't make an identity association with that though. Mm-hmm. I don't say I am a porn addict because I just want to view porn. What I do is I instead say my flesh, that fleshly part of me, does want to go against God and rebel against God and view porn. However, the new man that God has created in me that I identify with, my new nature that God has created that I now identify with, that nature doesn't want to. And I war between the two natures. And sometimes, you know what? The fleshly nature wins and sometimes the spiritual nature wins. And all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, through my intimacy with God and love of God, I'm trying to increase the strength of the new man and to put off, as Ephesians 4 says, to put off the old man. And that's a process that all of us are going to be in for the rest of our lives. Um, so uh, th- th- that that's what I mean by it. And it's really important that we, we do take that to heart and we understand it, especially uh, you know, what we went over last week about what if a minister says that they're struggling with pornography? Well, once again, like, what do they mean by that? Yeah. Do, do they mean that they're like viewing it every night and they don't really care? Or do they mean that they're like, man, I want to get serious. I have this fleshly nature that wants porn, but I don't want to view it anymore. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to increase accountability. I'm going to confess. I'm going to repent. And I'm going to amputate anything that, that caused me a sin. Man, I'm going to get into, uh, get into the Bible. I'm going to get closer to God than I've ever been. And through loving him and through enjoying him, I'm going to start increasing the strength of my new man and continue to put off the old man 
that grows corrupt and dies. And then I'm going to walk with God in this way. And I'm going to, I'm going to love the fight, man. Yeah. And that fight is probably going to be with any of the people we line up and we get honest with. <laughs> it's going to be something that they've probably been fighting for a long time. Yeah. You know, I love, I love John Piper's, uh, one of his quotes when he's d- doing a sermon on uh, sexual purity. He says, you know, we all make a little headway in this world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's so true. You know, if we all got honest, we make a little headway, Hmm. meaning from beginning to end, there's not like leaps and bounds, amazing, (laughs) wow, um, you know, we make a little headway, you know, Um, but I think of the the verbiage that is used all the time, you know, war, you know, crucify the flesh, it talks about with its passions and desires, Hmm. Galatians uh, 5.24, you know this whole this whole idea. Of, I mean, crucifixion of the flesh. I mean, that's a hardcore term. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've even heard one one ministry that I I have enjoyed is uh, they say murder your flesh. You know, it's like you know that radical idea. You know, there of the crucifixion of the flesh. But these are these are all difficult things. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, so we all are going to be doing that. You know, in our life. Hmm. Um, and if you're not, if you don't feel a tension in your body, if you don't feel that warfare that we're discussing, biblically, what the Bible says about you is that you're being dominated by your flesh. Yeah. You know, there, if you're not fighting, you're on your face. And what's interesting is you read the Old Testament, and and I love it because it's really the illustration book mm. of the new. And, you know, and, and that's why we don't throw it out at all because it is vital, man. These guys had the spirit that was, came upon them. We, we see that at times. We see that's, uh, you know, the spirit was in some of them. We see all kinds of relationships the Holy Spirit had with these people. But you see, everything's about brawling. Everything's about ups and downs and fighting and making headway and taking more of the land and taking more space and taking more. And, and, and that all that, that's so allegorical yeah. of the spiritual life of a Christian mm. of, you know, it's like, it's like jihad is within in the Christian <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is that, there is that waging war warfare yeah. that's constantly going on. Christianity is not about waging the physical battle out there with a, a sword or a gun, yeah. but it's about that in the inner person. Yeah. So there's always, there's, you know, you'll get rid of, you, you get off porn and you're, you're just going to find something else yeah. too. <laughs> so it's not like, it's not like you're done, yeah. you know? And then there's the, the roots and the depths of porn and what does it mean? And so there's, there's so much to talk about in this area. And, and you're absolutely right, Bo, that that is, that is exactly what the Old Testament points out to us. And that's that's something that we as ministers, because when I first heard that, that surprised me. It shouldn't have surprised me because it's written all over the Bible. But the reason why it surprised me is because I thought growing in spiritual maturity meant leaving the fight. Right. I thought that that meant the fight ends, you right, know, and then, you're just, and then you're just good. And then every now and then, like I said, you know, what we said by struggle and quotations – uh, that every now and then, you know, Satan will come and be like, you know, do this. And you're like, no, nah, I don't want to. And then that's it. You know, and that's the battle. That's the fight. But like the idea that it was going to be this internal fight was so appalling to me that whenever I made any amount of headway in my fight against pornography, any sin for that matter, I still thought I was doing something wrong because I was like, I feel like the bi- the battle's gotten more intense, not less intense. 
I was like, maybe I'm not doing this right. You know, maybe I'm not, I'm not fighting correctly because I feel like the opposition is getting more and more crazy. And, uh, that's actually what it's supposed to be. C.S. Lewis, uh, famously put it this way. He says, one does not discover the strength of Germany's military by surrendering. That's right. Uh, but by standing up. That's right. And since you're quoting C.S. Lewis again, I'm going to quote (laughs) Pascal Pascal again, which is awesome because he has another really good quote that I think is so important about this fight. He says, it is true that there is difficulty in entering upon the pious life, Mm -hmm. but this difficulty does not come from the piety which is beginning to exist within us, Mm -hmm. but from the impiety which is still there. (laughs) And then he goes on and it's really good. He says, if our senses were not opposed to penitence or change... You know, repentance. And if our corruption were not opposed to the purity of God, there would be in that nothing difficult for us. (laughs) So, and then he says something really cool. He says, the cruelest war which God can bring to men in this life is to lead them without that war, which he came to bring. Mm. And then he quotes Matthew, or Jesus, think not that I've come to send peace on the earth, but not to send peace, but a sword. Yeah. And that's so true that there's a war that God has sent into our lives. Yeah. And, and that's, and because we're moving in, when you're moving towards holiness, the, the impiety of the natural man, Mm. um, that is born through Adam, the fleshly man, doesn't go away. Mm. It fights even more (laughs) the, the piety. That is brought on through the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Yeah. So it's amazing. You line up everybody. You have everybody. And probably the most godly people are the ones that are totally just like, man, I'm devastated. Mm. Those are probably (laughs) the best ones. I mean, Paul went so far in Romans 7 when he was describing his flesh against the, I mean, his fight against the flesh. He said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Yeah. What he's describing there was this ancient practice by the Romans, which was really barbaric and gross, where they would chain you to a dead body. And so he's saying, you know what it's like? It's like being chained to a corpse and having to drag this thing around and it's rotting in front of me and it's hurting me and it's it's bringing me away from God. And he's like, who's going to deliver me from this thing? And he says, praise God that it is Christ that died and is also risen. So there's this idea that, man, as I'm battling this old flesh, the more I fight it, the more corrupt and the more decaying and nasty it becomes. Yeah. And then the more appalling to us it will become. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird because we, we can think as pastors like, oh, man, he's really struggling. Oh, that's that's a bad thing. It's a bad sign. You know, when I don't know. When people are in our groups, man, and they go, man, I'm struggling. I'm like, right on. Dude, that's great. Yeah. You know? I mean, the righteous man stumbles seven times yet gets back up, you know? Um, I think of Micah. I love this passage. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is Micah, the prophet, and he says, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Now, someone might say, Oh, well, he's talking about falling like as in, you know, getting beat up by the enemy or something. But uh, like an in army in war or something. But it says, when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Yeah. So he totally knows that he has sinned against the Lord. And he says, until he pleads my case and he executes justice for me. And that's what Jesus has done. He has executed justice for us. 
And then he says, he will bring me forth to the light and I will see his righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, what a great passage that really has that kind of idea of, I mean, this is a prophet of God. These are, these are men of God. That certainly the Holy Spirit was using in mighty ways. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the way they used him was in their, their, their repentance. Yeah. Their saying, repentance is the idea of just saying what it is, saying the truth about the issue. Um, you know, that's what it is. Yeah. So, you know, when someone's struggling because they go, man, I know this is wrong. I know, I know it's not got what God intended. Yeah. But man, I bail sometimes to it. Mm. And that flesh is strong. You know, that guy, that guy struggles in the right way. Yeah. We're not talking about struggling like as in, you know, porn's fine yeah. and nothing's wrong with it. And I don't care if I do it yeah. and I don't care if I watch it. I don't care even what kind I watch. It doesn't matter any kind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that person, they might go, yeah, I struggle with it, but that doesn't mean struggle. Yeah, at all. That's not struggle. That's giving in. That's, yeah. yeah. That's just like, yeah. uh, that's just giving over. Yeah. Right. That's just giving over. They're just like totally thing. And so we, we, we kind of welcome the person who's really struggling hmm. and we think it's good that in, even in leadership, that, that term we use, that we struggle hmm. in areas of our life. That just like the people in the Bible, there is battles that we fight Mm. and we don't always have a victory in that battle. Mm. That there are times that we have to kind of step back and go, okay, I got to redouble my efforts. Mm. All right. You know, and it's kind of interesting. Anybody who's walked with, with, uh, God knows that there's some things that seem to, change quick and there's some things that don't seem to change too quick yeah and some things seem to change and then come back mm. and you know we were just in a group uh the other day which we're really stoked we have a group that just launched out of uh, calvary chapel uh casa Grande, which is about 50 miles from here mm. up north and we do have a group in phoenix which is awesome but um uh, but that group was awesome because everybody's testimony that was at the group was so different yeah you know, there's no pattern to it. There's meaning it's not like everybody goes, oh, I, I've watched porn when I was a kid. And then as I got older, I mean, there's there's guys there that aren't into drinking or nothing. And then all of a sudden they got older and all of a sudden they were watching porn, mm. you know. So it's like, you know, that battle is real and it's in everybody. Um, maybe not this particular one that we're specifically focusing on yeah but there is some battle that everybody's waging yeah um that is very serious and at times they feel in total despair yeah yeah and uh i remember uh i think it was a couple years ago now we went to talk at a church uh, me and bo did to uh the the youth ministry the leaders in the youth ministry and it was a it was a very eye-opening moment for both of us yeah and uh we got to the end and me and bo said you know we still struggle with with pornography i remember one of the leaders raised his hand and he asked us he goes like what do you mean by that yeah and we went into this we talked to him about this and he's like well how can we say that to our kids you know that doesn't really inspire a whole lot of hope and, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know if we actually answer in that moment, but here's the deal with Christianity. Our hope is in Christ and our hope is seated in heaven. You know, we in this day, and I, that's why I like the John Piper quote so much in this day, 
you should expect to find great resistance between your flesh and the spirit. And you may make a little bit of headway, and that's awesome. And that's great. We're definitely not downplaying that. Any amount of victory that you have in your life is a gift from God, and it's incredible. Right. And, and it he, feels incredible in my life. And even the trials, as he says, uh, Piper says, is just a, um, it's just, it's a trial from God, mm. uh, to really preserve your faith. Yeah. You know, meaning it's, it's something that God has allowed in our life to cause our faith to grow. Mm. And, and it's through that combating, it's through that trial. And, you know, God, I, I don't know. There's not much hope. Uh, you know, when I look at people and they seem to have it all together and they got everything taken care of, um, you know, like, and there's a lot of that in Christianity. I mean, you could watch a lot of TV programs. You could read a lot of books that are just ha, ray, you know, hooray, hooray, hooray. You know, sex, God made it and it's great and my marriage is awesome and everything's <laughs> great and you just do it this way and you're going to be blessed and da da da. You know, there's a ton of that. Yeah. Um, for me, it's never done anything for me. It's just been like, I don't, I don't it doesn't seem real yeah. to me. Yeah. Then when you're, um, you're living in reality, you'll feel like I suck, you know, cause my marriage isn't like that. Yeah. And I did it that way and it's still not that easy. You but know? you didn't do it right. But you didn't do it right, man. You didn't do, you it, didn't do it, it in faith. That's <laughs> you right. Didn't. You didn't do it this way or you didn't do that or, you know, or you're just not, you're not trying hard enough or you didn't fast enough or you didn't do this enough, you know, yeah. and, 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 and it, and it, instead of just, learning how to just have a relationship with God, just learning how to talk to God and learning how to, you know, David sang songs that were so radical. I mean, his lyrics are so intense, you know, in yeah. his, in his conversation with God, these are lyrics to songs. Could you imagine <laughs> what people, people saying? I know just think what people were thinking of when they were reading these or when they were singing these songs, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is so intimately honest, brutally intimately honest. You know, and, and, you know, uh, it doesn't sound like, you know, you know, when you hear that, those type of preachers, you just, it just doesn't sound like the Bible. That's the problem. It just doesn't sound like what you read. Um, you know, and I know they have their proof texts that they use and they go to, um, like Song of Solomon, for instance, you can, you know, I've heard, heard people bring out the Song of Solomon and teach it as, you know, if you do it this way, you're going to be great. You're going to do great. And then they forget to just say that Solomon wrote this thing. <laughs> and he sucks. And he did horrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, you can write the Song of Solomon and absolutely blow it. Yeah. You know, um, absolutely, you know, not partake of what is being written um, or just not get it. Yeah. And, um, and there, and, and then it's not just Solomon, but many, many people, um, in Bible characters. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have, uh, they done, knew it up in their heads, but they, knew they, it up in their they heads. didn't know how to apply it. Yeah. But yeah. there was a real, there was a real thing. And of course, in the new Testament, we have the work of the Holy spirit in us that, that does amazing work. And that's what we're relying on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and uh, it, this conversation has reminded me of a quote that I just read today, actually. Uh, it's from a book called The Scars That Have Shaped Me by a woman named Vanitha Risner, and she's just – it's a fantastic book. Um, but she has this chapter on sustaining grace, mm -hmm. and this is what she says. Have we been scornful of the grace of God? She says, I have. I've definitely been guilty of that. And waiting for the huge monumental deliverance 
the kind where I can put my issue to bed and never have to pray about it again, I've overlooked the grace that keeps drawing me closer to Jesus. The prayers may appear unanswered, but actually are fulfilled in ways that keep me dependent on him, tethered and needy. Mm. You know, and it's just such a great quote because it's like all the time in my life, you know, when I was fighting porn, I was always waiting for the day where I wouldn't have to struggle anymore. Mm. And today, you know, and, and my communication with you and everything that we do, I, I know that, man, reading this quote from this woman, this amazing godly woman, I just see that it's like, man, the greatest deliverance that God has given me is just giving me enough strength to keep fighting, you know, so that I may learn dependency on him. If he would have just delivered me, if there was no fight, I would go my own way. I wouldn't think about God. But this this fight, it keeps me on my knees. It keeps me dependent on God, and that's beautiful. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I was reading Spurgeon, and he said, if you can make, if, if Satan can make you doubt, meaning the work of Christ mm. for you, then he makes a breach in your wall. If you are strong enough to say, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed unto him, then you will come off far more than a conqueror. But the drift of Satan is to touch you just there in that place where your strength lies. He is like Delilah. Mm. He feels that if he can cut off your locks of your faith where your strength dwells, then he may put you on, uh, put out your eyes and sell you to the Philistines forever. Mm. Really cool, man. Yeah. You know, and what's, what's really the remedy? And that's, that's grace, right? It's the yeah. work of Christ, yeah. you know, for us. So, um, you know, as ministers, you know, to say we struggle um, with things um, and defining those things, letting people know what we mean by that. And even even the vulnerability of saying, hey, there's there is a desire deep within me mm-hmm. that finds certain kinds of pornography. And that's how I like to put it. You know, because when you just say porn, people automatically go, oh, you're watching, you know, (laughs) some crazy thing. But certain kinds of pornography, um, very uh, comforting. And I know that sounds so crazy, but that is the old nature. Mm. That is the old nature that that is a deceptive nature. Mm. It's trying to say, hey, something's going to help you. Um, when really it's not going to help me, it's going to perpetuate um, a lust mm. that's going to want to grow and grow and grow. Mm. But that's the honest truth. I mean, I know those things, you know. Um, you know, I, I want to tell people, too, that there are things that I, I feel like I've been delivered from. Mm. Um, meaning supernaturally, it just, you know, I don't have a desire to do drugs, I don't have a desire to drink. Um, those things are not there. Um, and I praise God for that. And I think we, as Christians, we always praise God for the victories yeah. in, in when we give sermons as pastors. We're always excited about those things. Mm. But, you know, if we don't balance it out, you know, if we're being open about our victories, it's good in our congregations that we also are open about the areas that we battle, Mm. you know, and how we battle those things, you know, um, and those types. And what will happen is your congregants will take notice. They'll go, whoa, I, you know, this is what he does. You know, this is what he's in. Or this is how, you know, God, I didn't know he was accountable to anybody. Mm. That's cool. He's got an accountability group. That's cool. He's got this. That's cool. He's got that. You know what I mean? Mm. And maybe that's what I need to set up in my own life, Mm. you know? 
is is that type of thing hmm. and um and that then you're now you're starting to actually teach you know because again anybody can give a message hmm. <laughs> right yeah. yeah you know anybody can share the bible um probably some of the better bible scholars uh are better teachers aren't even christians <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and they can yeah. probably school most of us who are even at, at the pulpit yeah you know but that's not teach. That's not really the work of God, uh, is just declaring or teaching the Bible. Yeah. Um, it's it's showing them how it's lived. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's where um, it gets. You know, relationships are intimate, hmm. and and uh, the pastor congregate relationship is an intimate one. So, um, anyway, if you have any further questions on this, because of course we didn't hit everything. Hmm with these things but uh and there's so many things to discuss of course with this this issue of pastors and and issues of sexuality and mostly we're talking about pornography issues but um there's many but you can always email me or peter uh, it's peter at runninglight.org or bo at runninglight.org and you also can always check us out on twitter at running light ministries um, and ch- always check out our podcast, but you can get a hold of us and certainly, uh, email us and your questions. And we'd love to kind of look at it and, and pick it apart, you know, for sure. Hmm. You know, I think we, um, have covered as much as we can, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So next week we'll do a different topic. Um, and, uh, if you do have any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know. Check you guys out next week. Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36.8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.